Hello there, and welcome to another, hopefully, fantastic episode of Destiny Midweek. Whether you're listening to this on your way to work, or maybe you're doing the dishes at home, or mowing the lawn, or you're at the gym, or maybe you're in your office, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, thanks for listening. My name is Mark Bell, and I'm joined with my brother and pastor, Matt Bell. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. How was your weekend? Had a good weekend. Great. Did you do anything for Halloween or harvest night? We took our kids to go get some dinner. So we went to Chick-fil-A. Mm. and let them play on the playground and got them some ice cream and then we went home and put them to bed and then me and Heather watched the Spurs game yeah did they dress up at all as cows or anything at Chick-fil-A the kids yeah no did y'all no okay did you no. see did you see any costumes out uh, there at Chick-fil-A? I can't I can't recall. I I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see any Halloween costumes at Chick-fil-A. I I think there was some kids like dressed up like Batman or Superman. That's cool. Yeah, we we go back and forth on what our Halloween participation is and so this year we we didn't participate or even pass out candy. We just mm-hmm. did our own thing like any other night of the week. Did your kids mention it or anything? Or Not really. There's some people in our neighborhood that have set up some pretty intense, morbid celebration of death uh, decorations in their lawn. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like a seven-foot Grim Reaper standing out holding chains on the front lawn that we have to pass by a couple times a day. So they're not not really interested in participating in that, Mm -hmm. and and neither are we. So That's good. Great. Plus, plus we have a bunch of people from other neighborhoods that crash our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. We... We just went and ate some chicken and enjoyed our family. That's great. Instead of participating in a night of spiritual and demonic darkness. Right. Well, the Lord calls us to be light in the darkness. Right. So we tried to do that this year. Right. We're, we're in the world. Not of the world. But we're not of the world. That's right. So this was the first year we, we did any... What fellowship has light with darkness... Okay, this is the first year we tried to do anything as far as like in the neighborhood. We we didn't do anything at the church this year for Halloween or Harvest or Fall Festival. And so we set up a little a little thing at our house in our driveway. We've got a nice driveway at our house. Praise the Lord for that. And it passed out some raisins cuz we're not big candy people. And had some coffee for the adults and set up a little theater showing uh, some some movies 
pa- the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, that and A Thief in the Night. Okay, good. So those were really good. But no, it was cool because got to meet some neighbors I hadn't met before. And a co- <laughs> this is the first time we've ever like done Halloween before. Because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you, not really sure what to do about it. Yeah. Um, but this neighbor, he, he, he said, man, you guys just, you know how to do Halloween. You do Halloween, right? Uh Uh-huh. I thought that was funny because this, you know, we, we, we probably put about 20 minutes into planning what we were going to do. Right. And you didn't have like death decorations. No, we, we had, we had no death. Yeah. It was a celebration of life. Yes, it was. It was a celebration of life. And so I thought that was great that someone would, would look at our house that didn't have death. Hopefully they felt life right. as they came. And they said, hey, y'all are doing Halloween right. So. That's great. What Praise a, God for that. What a great witness for the kingdom. Hey, I'm just doing my part. Some people like to eat chicken. Some people like to share God's love. So, we had a great message yesterday. Yeah, great, great Sunday. Great Sunday. At Destiny. We actually had a wedding on Sunday. We also had a wedding after church. You want to talk about that for a minute? Or two minutes? Or at all? After the message, we had a young couple in the church that was ready to get married. And they didn't see any reason to prolong the engagement and I said absolutely let's 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 get you married I can marry you after church on Sunday and they were super excited about that and so after the message we played a march and announced that so-and-so was getting married and they walked down to the front and said their vows and we bless them in Jesus name and they came single and left married that's really cool I think it's a great witness to the church also that we don't have to fall into the trap of doing things the way the world does things, Mm -hmm. you know, like this whole idea of, you know, we need a two two year long engagement and, right. Um, $10,000 wedding, $10,000 wedding, you know, and that's a cheap wedding. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's nothing for somebody to drop 20 K on a wedding. Easy. Um, and you know, if, if you're very wealthy, I mean, people drop a hundred K on weddings, fly people to islands, right? And- islands. And, and so I think a lot of times people have these, these false expectations of, of what their special day is supposed to be. And it's really not about the wedding it's about the marriage and who who cares about this 30 minute ceremony and maybe a, a party afterwards or like it's well, about it's about yeah. uh, it's about the rest of your life that's right that matters a lot of people do care about it right but but maybe they but what i'm saying is that they should be caring about something else correct more. and what a what a waste to spend a hundred grand on a wedding if you're divorced in five years, 
you know, I mean, what a, what a colossal waste. It's also a great way if you want to have, you know, a couple hundred people at your wedding. Don't have to worry right. about sending out invitations. 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 And whatever you know. else you got to do. I don't know. Uh, you know, for our wedding, thankfully, Heather and and my mother-in-law, Angie, they, they pretty much did everything. And um, so I don't really know what all's involved, but I, I, I guess people send, like people send out like save the dates. Right. And then invitations. It's like, come on. If you know that this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you know you love this person, you're committed 100%, your church family is there, invite your family. If they want to come and participate, they can show up to church. They usually don't have anything going on on Sunday, and let, let's let's get it done, and let's start moving on with the rest of our life. So, so you wouldn't be opposed to doing more weddings after church on it, Sunday? It's great for me. It's great for me. I'm I'm already dressed up. Mm-hmm. That's why you were wearing a jacket that's, yesterday. Yeah, that's for a why. Coat. Yeah, that's why I put a coat on. I just figured that out. Yeah, I'm already dressed up. I'm already out of the house. I already brushed my teeth. Like I'm already at church. It's it it's ideal for me. But I think you know I think our church our church people really enjoyed it. Like I saw several people wiping tears from their eyes as, as this young couple was renew or, or, you know, committing to each other and, and saying their vows. And it really touched a lot of, a lot of people too. It was very real, very genuine, very authentic. It, it was, it was just as great as any other wedding I've been to or done. Wow. So yeah, That's if, you, really if, cool. if you want to get married and you don't want to, Get f- fall into the the trap of the world's broken system of folly, foolishness, failure, and defeat, and you want to get married right after church? Let's do it. There's a lot of F's. Yeah, I ended with a D though. Yeah, yeah. but defeat. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what was your message about yesterday? We're in Romans eight. We're in Romans eight. That's right. Living the. No, undefeated no condemnation no condemnation power spirit filled purposed power infused overflowing more than a conqueror can't get enough if god is for me who can be against me out of my way and some other stuff in there also which is really good kind of life 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 yeah it was good you know yesterday we we started a new session of growth track and so i teach the first session in that, as you know, Mark. And so what is growth track? Growth track our... is our new member course that we ripped off from ARC association of related churches. And pretty much every non-denom church in the world is doing growth track at this point. So it's kind of like the McDonald's of new, new member classes. Anyway, we've tweaked it and made it our own by replacing church of the Highlands <laughs> with destiny church. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, growth track is a, 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 a way for people to get involved at the church. And so I teach the first session of that. And we do that at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And so usually I spend the last hour before church just praying and, and just meditating on the word and 
really, I spend the whole morning doing that, but specifically that last 30 minutes to an hour. But because we had growth track, I spent that hour teaching Mm -hmm. and had a really great time and had some good Q and a back and forth, uh, especially on the subject of tithing, which was great. And however, because I can be a little bit long-winded in my answers. Growth track went all the way to nine to ten thirty when when service started, and so I could hear the music. I could hear worship starting while I was still in the classroom, and so I ran down. And so, not having that hour of you know prayer, instead it was an hour of teaching. Mm-hmm. It was kind of different, um, but still, still feel like we had a, a great service, great time of communion, and. Romans chapter 8, and we were only looking at three verses, 9, 10, and 11. This was week three. Yeah, week three. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about the Spirit's work, and that's really what every part of this message is going to be, or this series is going to be about, is the work of the Spirit in our lives. And the results, this was one of the, looking at one of the results of the Spirit's work in our life, that we will be raised again, when Jesus returns, that the spirit will raise us in a resurrection like Jesus was raised with. So in your message, you had two different three points, right? right? Yeah. Uh, at least two. I think you, I think it was two. Maybe it was three. I might've had three different three points. Really? You had a three by three? Yeah, I did. Oh. At least. And an intro to boot. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking I'm looking at my notes right now. Yeah. I had I had three three I had I had three sets of three points yesterday. So what would be the high point or the big idea? Well, I already said that right we'll, of the spirit, the spirits work in our life. And one of it is that we'll be raised again when Christ returns. That's definitely the high point, you know? And so the implications of that are, are, are really big, right? The way we view ourselves, the way we view life in this world. So we, we, so we walk through that. I thought it was great. The, I think it was the final three points. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I opened up with a, a question. You did. Yeah. You did open up with a question. Yeah. So I, let I, me see if I remember it. Unless you just wanted to say it. It was, if you could have any guest, if you could host any guest in your home, who would it be? Right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who, who would your guest be? I mean, David Robinson or Tim Duncan, probably. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I, I think it would be it would be really cool to have Tim Duncan in my home. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. Would you make him sleep on the couch or Or I might invite Davis Bertons over because he's uh he's vegan. So you wouldn't even have to make any special arrangements with No, the, just create my normal food and with the menu. But no, Tim Duncan would be cool. Yeah, that that would be that'd be wild. 
wild exp- Tim, if you're listening and you want to get in touch with Mark, he's just, just, he's just ready. Uh, reach out, Timmy. He's ready to host you at a sleepover. Maybe stop by his house next Halloween. They do it right. I was I was dressed as a Spurs fan for Halloween. Wow. What what was your answer to your own question? I I there's so many people, but I I think I think one that would be really interesting uh from our lifetime would be Billy Graham. That'd be that'd be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Heather Heather said Michael W. Smith. Oh wow. And his wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe she wants like a private concert or something. I, I that just when she told me that, that just <laughs> caught me like so off guard. Like anybody, you can have anybody come stay at your house. She must have just really been touched by that concert yeah, you we had a recently great, went to. We had a great time at his concert recently here in San Antonio. Yeah, so so the so you know the tie-in for that idea is that, well, if you'd be honored to host this renowned, famous person, we should feel equally as honored and humbled that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, lives in us, and that should be even more awe-inspiring and un- and and just exciting that we carry God's spirit, that God's spirit lives not in our physical home, but in our physical bodies, which is even more close and intimate and important than a physical home. Right. So in the same way, if you were to have Tim Duncan or Billy Graham or Michael W. Smith come over to your home, you would, you would spend days preparing your home. Right. Deep cleaning, all the ins and outs flipping over your couch cushions. And so you, you, um, shifted that to what, what are you doing with your own self, with your own body, your spiritual body that is hosting the very living Holy Spirit of God. I thought that was something really good that we should think about. We have God's living spirit inside of us. What kind of home are we preparing for it? Or what kind of home is it living inside? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of English that is, but one, one of the Thanks. one of the, the more interesting things that I, I talked about at the end, and I think that's what you were referring to, was the last three points, which was evidence of the, the Spirit's work in our life, but... In verse 9, he says, you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. What I love about this verse is that Paul gives a new definition or a different definition for what a Christian is. In this verse, Paul says, a Christian is someone who has the spirit of of God living on the inside of them. Can I say something real quick? Please. I think it's really cool that he says, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, and then in the same verse he says, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ 
Right. So Paul right there is saying that Jesus is God. Right. Of course. I think that's cool. Of course. The, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all of these are one and the same. They're all synonymous. And of course, uh, having a clear understanding of the Trinity helps with all of those things. I just think it's cool whenever you see scripture and because people say, well, where in the Bible does it say Jesus is God and yeah, everywhere it's all, it's, it's all over the place. And, and this is another point, another place where that's very clear, but think of the different ways that people typically, typically think of what makes a person a Christian, right? Yeah. They believe in Jesus. They go to church. They, they said a prayer sometime, someplace. They repeated a prayer at VBS. Their parents or grandparents were Christian. But all of, all of those things are good and important. But here Paul says that what really makes someone a Christian is they have the Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. And so I ended yesterday with talking about three ways or three evidences of the spirit's work in our lives, three ways that we can know that the Holy spirit lives in us and three ways that we can see the spirit's work in our lives so that we can have confidence that we are Christian, that we are born again, or that we can know, Hey, wait a second. I've, I've, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender. I need to repent and turn to Christ in faith. And so that's what you, you were talking about was the, the last three points. Yeah. Do you want to give us those points? Sure. The first is the first evidence of the spirit's work in our life is faith in Christ that we, we cannot come to faith in Christ without the spirit's work in our lives. And so if we have genuine true, authentic, saving faith in Christ, it's because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. That's a pretty big one right there. Right. A lot of people think that they had a lot to do with their salvation. They chose to believe in Jesus, but even the the act of believing in Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says that you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not your own doing, but is the gift of God. And so even the faith to believe in Jesus comes from God himself. He puts that faith there. The ability to believe in God is actually a gift from God. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that was number one. That was number one. That's the the first and the most basic way that we can know that the spirit is working in our lives. If we have a genuine, complete, total, with every fiber of our being, faith in Jesus. The second is sanctification. That's right. If we are being made more like Jesus, if we feel conviction of sin and brokenness because of sin, in our lives now, not enjoying it, but wanting to be free from it, 
then we can know that the spirit is working in our lives. He is making us more like Jesus. And number three, number three is that he gives us a new heart. And so with a new heart comes new desires, new affections, new thoughts, new attitudes. And so if we can see that progression from faith, uh, walking through sanctification and also receiving a new heart from God, that we can know that the spirit is in us and working uh, in our lives. And so we don't always feel that on a, a daily basis, a moment by moment basis. And so I encourage people to, to look back and to see, you know, are you being conformed into the image of Christ over a year, over five years ago, over 10 years ago? Can you see that progression? And I think that that gives encouragement to people. But I do also think that if we focus more on the Spirit's work in our lives every day, that we will see it every day, that our relationship with God will, will accelerate in its growth. So you should write those down, those three things, or, or just know them, what living your life in the Spirit looks like and, and how to line up your life with that so you know that God's Spirit is active in your life. Was there anything yesterday that got left out that you didn't get a chance to not speak really, to? Not really. Not really. You know, because I had three sets of three points, I, I pretty much crammed everything in there uh, that I, I wanted to to put in there. There, I mean, there, there, there. There's always stuff that you you wish you could go more into. I wish I could have spend some more time on what it means to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of God's spirit. But as I was talking about the temple being the place where heaven and, and the earth come together, I saw people kind of, I saw I was losing people. And so I, I moved on from that. You went back to talking about pizza. I went to, yeah, I tried to, to pull it back to uh, something that people could relate to. But I, I think there really is some powerful things there that uh, I wish people could get a hold of, but it, it seemed to be going a little deeper than people were ready or prepared for, at least the the, the vast majority of people. Uh, they, I, I was excited about it, and I could tell on their face that they were kind of looking at me like, so what? Like, what, who cares? Like, what, what does this even mean? And so you, you just move on. It's great. Yeah. It's cool that you have that discernment. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, but I, I felt it on, on Sunday. So we, we moved on to more uh, applicable material. But if we could get hold of the fact that we are the temple of God's spirit and that we are now the place where heaven and earth come together, that everything that is in the Old Testament is pointing towards and foreshadowing the reality that we now have access to and can live in, I think it would be powerful and transformative. And so I'm, th I'm thinking through on, on how to teach that better and model that better and walk through that better myself because that, that, would, that would be so impactful for our church to step more into that reality 
on a daily basis. That's really good. So we don't have any questions this week. That's okay. We got some good comments. No, we did. We we got a great comment. Some good feedback. This comes from Terry Gibbs. Shout out to Terry Gibbs. Had a great time with Terry and a bunch of men at our recent camp out. That was a great camp out. But he said he's enjoying the program. It's been a great follow-up from our Sunday teachings. Thank you, Terry. You know, if you haven't left a comment, hop on to iTunes or text in a review, whatever you want to do. Give us some feedback. We know you got some. Share it with us. We'll share it here on the podcast. I like this topic of your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you can correct me if, if maybe I'm not thinking about it the right way, but recently, you know, I've really been thinking about that. And obviously we want to prepare ourselves spiritually and do our due diligence in the word and in prayer to prepare our, our bodies for, for the Holy Spirit. But our physical bodies, do you think as, as Christians, we should make more of an effort to present our physical bodies in a... Um, more healthy posture being that it's the temple of the Holy spirit. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's also a matter of stewardship of being good stewards to what God's entrusted us with that we take care of our, our, our bodies that he's given us so that we can be the most impactful for him that we can be. You know, Paul tells Timothy that, physical exercise is of some value, but spiritual matters are of what matters the most. And he's not discounting physical exercise, but he is saying that that shouldn't solely be our focus, that we also need to be focused on the Lord. I do think that we as Christians sometimes neglect the fact that we will be raised again in the same bodies that we're living in, that the bodies that we have is the bodies we will be in all eternity with. We look at Jesus body and his glorified body and the disciples recognized him. They could tell that he was who he was. Mary Magdalene recognizes Jesus by the sound of his voice. When he calls to her and says, Mary, Mm -hmm. he has scars even in his glorified state. And so we, we don't know everything about what the glorified body will be. We do know that there won't be any more pain or sickness or disease. But I think that we will be male and female. God created humanity in his image, male and female. That's before the fall. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that we can assume that even though there won't be marriage in the kingdom of God, but that we will be who we are. Our personalities will be the best, will be the best version of, of who we are. We will share the same physical features that we have. You know, we're all, we're not all going to look like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. We, we will, we will be, 
the people that we are. Um, I don't know how weight is going to factor into that. Um, I went and saw my doctor today and he said that I was a pretty slender guy Mm -hmm. and that he didn't think I needed to lose much weight. Oh, wow. So that was, that was good. That's cool. He said, he said, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, if you, you know, exercise a little bit and lost a couple pounds, it it wouldn't hurt you, but you know, it's not going to help you that much either is what my doctor told me. So I drove by the McDonald's drive through after that. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I don't know how that, how all that's going to factor in, but we will be who we are. We will have these same bodies. It's just that they will be resurrected and glorified uh, for all eternity. And they won't wear out the effects of sin, the effects of death, the effects of decay that we're experiencing right now. We will not have those. Yeah. And so I, I think it's good just to be mindful of that, that not just with your body, but the way that you live your life is, it's really a billboard for everyone, or it's, it's a way of telling everyone that this is who you are because the Holy Spirit is living inside you. So the way that you keep up your house or the way that you keep up your car or, you know, the way you present yourself. I think that it's a reflection of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. Now you can correct me if maybe that's not the right way to think of things. No, I I think it is. Um, but you have to look at where Paul goes with that. So in first Corinthians twice in first Corinthians, he talks about your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he immediately goes to, so don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't get involved in sexual immorality. So he, he takes it from you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glorify God with your body. Stop giving your body to sin. And so you talk about how we present ourselves or present our bodies. Paul says, don't present your bodies to sin, but rather present them to the Lord as a living sacrifice. So we, we just need to be mindful of where Paul who's being led by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit, his, his understanding and, and where he goes with that is that we don't live in sexual sin because he even says that if we Christians have sex with a prostitute, that because we're united with Christ, we're actually united, uniting Christ to a prostitute, which is a horrible idea. But he says that, he says that explicitly in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter six, I think. And so it's just helpful to be mindful of where Paul goes with this idea of being the temple of the Holy Spirit. What do you think about that? I agree. I think that's something we just need to be mindful of. You know, last week we were talking about th- when Paul was saying this body of death, you know, sin is like bringing rotting flesh into your life. And in the same way, we have God's living spirit inside of us. And so what we surround ourselves with, what we do, what we take part of, are we bringing all this junk into our house 
our bodies, our minds, our thoughts, and making it company with the Holy Spirit. Right. And so I think it, it's very appropriate for us as Christians, important for us as Christians to just really guard what we're taking in. Yeah. I'm going to talk a lot about that this coming Sunday because Paul's going to talk about putting sin to death, killing sin in your life. And so it's going to be a message that really is going to make people think, is this legalistic? Which it's not, but Paul and I am going to aggressively go after the idea that we have to put sin to death in our lives, that we don't babysit it. We don't take it in as a pet. We don't tolerate it, that we kill it, that we go on a vicious, bloody rampage against sin in our life, that it it truly is an enemy of ourselves, an enemy of God. And we're told and commanded to, to murder it. And so it's going to be a wild uh, week next week. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I think that's going to do it. I feel like this has been a, a great discussion here. Hopefully our listeners will think so as well. Yeah, for sure. If you have a question or comment, you can email us at podcast at destinychurch.cc. Or you can text us as well to 210-405-6267. We should try to make a, a word out of that, but it has a zero on it, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to do that. Anyways, text us, 210-405-6267. We'd love to hear from you. Leave those five-star reviews on Apple podcasts i don't really know why just something everybody says on their podcast so i feel like i gotta say it too so i can be like everybody anyways that's it that that's gonna do it i feel like you you're wanting to say something i just want to say thanks for listening and remember that you're the temple of the holy spirit And you're called to live in the Spirit's power. And we do that by staying filled with the Spirit and filled with God's Word and surrounded by other Christians who can pour life into us. So continue to do those things. And I know that you will live a life that is powerful and blessed. That's right. All right. Well, we will be talking to you next week. Until then, have a blessed day day.